six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gon' leave me alone. On a plane by the visit, land rock, need crypto. Told me I should bring the Glock with me, so I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix With that rare candy paint job on the whip, who you with? Okay, um, there's a special guest that we have today uh, I'm not going to spend much time with an intro I'm actually going to kick it over to you, Sai I want you to intro our guest today um, So take it away Alright, we have Romania Dean Thomas uh, today And let me tell you, it's a real treat to have you here I've... I've been following your work and consuming your products for man, I'm the better part of a decade now, it seems. And cool. uh, um, just to sum it up, you're an herbalist, but specifically you're a Taoist tonic herbalist. And we're going to get deep into that and what that means. Um, not just any run of the mill herbalist here, right? Uh, and yeah, you studied under Ron Teagarden, uh, yeah. who's man, the granddaddy of American Taoist tonic herbalists who brought it here. There is yeah. no one else really. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's era is also pretty well known in it. That's right. Ron is like, yeah, he's cool, man. He's such a cool. Dude. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about how you guys met and everything. Um, but you, uh, you ran a few companies in your day. You have a new one now. Uh, your website, just we so people can check it out right off the bat, is rdeanthomas.com, right? Yeah, it was. In fact, uh, just recently we um, we we changed it to supertonicherbs.com. Right on supertonicherbs.com. Yeah. Um, and if I may just start with the story, I told you this story already, um, but how I was introduced to your product. So you had a Rishi product, uh, 10 yeah. to one water extracted, wildcrafted Rishi, uh, which I knew nothing about, nothing about. And I was working at this, uh, pretty well-known, uh, retreat center, raw food retreat center with a, with a pretty well-known naturopathic doctor, mm-hmm. um, we're not going to reveal, reveal that now. Well, maybe we'll talk about that later. But, uh, um, and I just started, uh, I started as a volunteer and then I ended up getting a job in the apothecary, uh, working directly under this guy who was like pretty legendary. A lot of people went to see this guy, a lot of celebrities too. One of those kind of, yeah. kind of like a white Lotus kind of vibe, Glenn, mm-hmm. you know, for like, a, you know, <laughs> nice. like that kind of a thing, nice. you know, mm-hmm. uh, but like in a, in a cool way. And, uh, um, and it was my first day working for this guy as an actual job. And uh, my actual boss uh, handed me this mug of Rishi tea. And I was like, cause he was just hooking us up with all the fun stuff, you know, that's, yeah. that was our passion. Right. And I was like, what is this? You know, it's like, Oh, it's kind of mushroom extract. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and uh, this guy calls me on the phone line. I'm, I'm already thrown into this customer service role. His order was messed up from the previous guy. I'm like nervous. Right. Cause it's my first day. I'm kind of freaking out. Um, and I'm just like, this guy's just like reaming me on the phone for like, you know, 20 minutes. Cause his order's messed up. I'm like, I don't even know what to do here. And while this is happening, I'm sipping on this Rishi. And by the time I got halfway down the mug, I like, I got the download. I, it was like just from the top down, like an egg cracked on your head, you know, just boop, instant <laughs> calm. Like, like I had been meditating on the top of like, like in a Tibetan mountain for, for 15 years. It felt, it was so <laughs> profound. Like it's one of the most, like I'll never forget that feeling in my life. And it was your Rishi. Um, and I was just like, what is this stuff? You know, it was like, 
wasn't like I don't want to say it's psychedelic, but it wasn't not that either, you know. So mm-hmm. my big thing, I mean, I love Rishi. Um, yeah. I know you do. Too. You, that's your whole thing too, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, maybe we we'll just start off with Rishi. Do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, uh, I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to. Well, you know, honestly, for those watching, maybe who either experienced or not, uh, Rishi mushroom. Um, what you just said is actually true, and it is a universal response. Mm-hmm. that reishi um, has been famous for thousands of years in China. And they say that it initiates benevolence. And you take it and benevolence starts to occur. And also it's called a bridge between earth and heaven. So it's a, there are these ancient scroll paintings that show uh, reishi mushroom in the middle on a, on a rock uh, escarpment and down below is humanity. And there's Lao Tzu leading some his students this way and mm-hmm. Kuan Yin's leading her students this way. And there's a reishi in the middle and above is the, the, the immortals are flying around on dragons in the clouds and, and the ratio is somehow a link between the worldly, uh, you know, physical th- place and a, a more special realm, you know, that's naively referred to as, well, not naively, but referred to as heaven. <laughs> and, um, you know, ratio seems to be, it's not psychotropic, like you said, but it seems to have an almost immediate effect uh, on um, kicking somebody into that, mind frame where you suddenly grasp that the concept that everything is divine. Yeah. You know, yeah, we still have our feet on the earth. We're in the Tao. We're standing on this earth, but our, but our, our, our spirit can, can still tap into the divine. And Reishi seems to be a key for that. That's mm. why I think it's so important for our civilization right now. And, you know, the ancient masters in China knew this stuff. There's scroll paintings that show this old, old wise man holding the Reishi going, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, and, and they said it, it's, it, they call it's called the herb of spiritual immortality. Yeah. It's one of the top herbs, very well known for just, li- you know, living a long, vital life as well. But okay. 1998, uh, I was a messed up guy, man. I, I mean, I was trying everything. I thought I was, I thought I was, uh, you know, possessed or something. And I, I tried all the religions and, mm. uh, every, every time I would finish a, a major religious book, I would close the cover and go, wow, I feel a lot better. I feel kind of purged and clean. And, but little by little, that anger would start coming back. Right. In. Uh. And I, and I had one of, was one of those guys that had tended to have a kind of an angry thought. I have to suppress that to have a happy thought because yeah. I've grown up real tumultuous life, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, in a place where I wasn't, uh, you know, shouldn't have been really right. <laughs> outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Right and, um, and so, you know, my life had been, it had been, I had built up anger, right? I was trying to get rid of this so badly. It was in 1998 when I met Master Tea Garden yeah. and had the great fortune of becoming his apprentice for eight years. Well, when I first met him, then uh, through a prayer that I made to help people, um, I, I met him that night. I made the prayer and he's, wow. he came, I came to his place the next day and he had me make him a tea and he, he liked the tea enough that he made me his personal uh, apprentice and, and tea master right there on the spot. Wow. He said, he laughed and he said, it's usually a 10 to two year, you know, ordeal yeah. for you know, the apprentice, but you just got it in two hours. So. Right on. <laughs> um, but and yeah. I would walk around his parlor and there was reishi mushrooms everywhere, just all over, like on the, you know, stuck on this, on this Kuan Yin statue right here, you know, hanging on the side of her shoulder. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I, something about them, you know, and I'd seen them in China back in 1985 when I first went there, coincidentally, when I got married to a Chinese woman, when we went there on our honeymoon and happened to go up into the north of China, north Manchuria in China, where these are to grow. I saw the reishi then, really, in 1985. So here I am back in Master Tea Garden's um, parlor in Brentwood, California, and was in his house in those days. And yeah. here were these ra- the same reishis I'd seen in, in China. 
And I went, oh, and something told me to take. So I looked at the jar of his Dwanwood Reishi, which was a five to one extract of Reishi, fruiting body only, mm-hmm. which he taught me was the most important component of the Reishi, a most powerful part. And, and I, and I saw, it said to take nine to 12 capsules a day and something in my, my spirit said, no, take 15. So I started taking five, five and five. And it was about the fifth morning I woke up and, and, and everything was different. The light was different in the room. It seemed like there were these strings of light as if I'd plugged, if I had mycelinated myself back into the all, into everything. Yeah. And I woke up and light was different. That's the first thing I noticed. And I said, oh my God, I sat up and I went, the oppression is gone. Yeah, and I met a woman, a beautiful, another beautiful Chinese woman I was with for fifteen years, and it's a wonderful relationship. Went back yeah. to China, same places, um, and so Reishi did. Did within about a week, I had that that breakthrough. Yeah. Um, then you know, since that, it's kind of like a mushrooms are kind of a key to a certain room of consciousness. Once you've gone in there and unlocked that door, it's yeah. even more, that room is accessible to you. And mm-hmm. and That's so right. then, well, for instance, uh, uh, last year. Right prior to making, creating my new company, I was really in a funk, really down. Uh, I had some stuff go down with my previous company, Shaman Shack, and I left it. And and I was uh, in Kentucky there so again, you know, um, and pretty much broke. And I'm sitting there going, and all I had was a bunch of my new formula called Shift, which is a Reishi-based formula that has other herbs known to tonify the spirit, which we call Shin. And I said, that's all I've got. And I took it, and I tell you, like your experience, within yeah. an hour. I was running and I had the whole epiphany to start my new company and let that go. And it was, yeah. like, I was able to just let it go. It was like, whew, just, I always call it like taking off an old gray shirt. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's like, it's really in those transition phases in our lives. It's such an ally, you know? And, yeah. and I, I want to say like, you know, mushrooms are kind of having a moment in culture, you know, with the whole, you know, everyone's, taking a, a tonic mushroom a shaga or lion's mane and stuff and uh-huh. and hey i'm like i'm really i'm all about it i'm the, the more the merrier kind of a thing uh mm-hmm. but and we could talk about this later the quality issue you know of like what's yeah. a, what's a course it's yeah. very important to know what you're buying like yeah. it is with everything totally yeah, yeah. but also there uh, what what you guys stress is the system itself and maybe i guess my first question was because and, you know, I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade. You know, there's a lot of, there's a big revival in herbalism going on in America now, which is really cool. But mm-hmm. a lot of it's kind of like, like kind of hobbyist, you know, and kind of just yeah. like not really serious. And and that's, you know, like, again, that's fine. And then there's people get into maybe chiropractic and acupuncture, and then they get into TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, yeah. which is like, you know, definitely a bit like a lot, uh, more robust of a system but then you guys even go like hey there's something a little bit before that that's Taoist tonic herbalism that has a lot of overlap but and you guys are like this is kind of the real deal so talk about Taoist tonic herbalism and why it's so special yeah yeah thank you well ron and myself uh, ron didn't give give me a title uh, eventually and um, uh, my title is superior herbalist his title is master herbalist Mm -hmm. uh he and i and a handful of other people are trained in this, you know, in the integrity of it, and we hold the integrity of it, and we, we try and live by um, being educators of the true, you know, true value and, and of, of this jewel that we have. This isn't like just a system of healing, it's a jewel. Yeah. And we and someone can put that jewel in your hand, and for the rest of your life, its facets will unfold for you. This is never ending. Uh, today, 22 years after I started this, or actually since 1985 when I was in China, every day I, I'm in more in awe 
of what these great masters came up with back when they did. So it's thought that uh, the origins of um, herbalism in China uh, go back to maybe what the Chinese believe about 20,000 years ago, what they call their wild history. Mm. The legends of that are that um, they saw like a deer get a bone fracture and, uh, and, they, and the, bone, the deer went to this tree and started chewing on the bark. And then uh, they watched that deer and its bone healed up. And they said, wow, you know, roll it down, bone healed. And, yeah. and then later on, somebody's in their clan and, and, and they get a bone fracture. And they go, let's do what that deer did. And they go over there and get the, the, the bark. <laughs> and then somebody, yeah. I, if I could get in a time capsule and go back in time, I would go back to the moment when somebody discovered how to make tea out of it. That's yeah. just fascinating. Right. But anyway, that began the whole thing. And, and there were other few old ancient legends about it all beginning. Uh and it started to coalesce into a, um, a, a folklore that claimed that there were these immortals living in the mountains of, you know, of uh, Manchurian China, around, particularly around a mountain called Mount Changbai, which is where this whole thing was supposed to have started. And uh, there were these uh, immortals living there who were so immortal, they had, they had attained such uh, perfection in nature that they could actually fly. So they were called Tian Hixian, which means celestial immortals. And they would often fly around, and these legends got around, right? So now you have the first imperial dynasties come up, um, you know, probably five thousand BC, and um, there, uh, the you know, the emperors and empresses were were um, self uh, probably, uh, uh, you know, created their own, you know, their own uh, uh, hierarchy, and they said. Hey, I've heard that, you know, they heard about these immortals and they said, well, I want some of that juice for me. <laughs> Whatever that stuff is, man. Yeah. So they sent their uh, centuries. There's this whole historical, it's fascinating to read about how this and that emperor and empress sent these centuries up into the mountains to find immortals. Mm -hmm. And uh, in one case, they found this woman and she was, uh, you know, said to be an immortal and brought her back. And so um, what these people did then was they became, you know, the court, um, you know, uh, physicians for the uh, for the elite and they wanted to hold the integrity of this lineage so then they set these standards down where everything would go into a materia medica and a pharmacopoeia where everything that was discovered would be tried and, and tested out by you know, millions of people and if it was found to truly work and truly work on this particular bodily energy it was written down. That's one of the most important factors of all for all human history is that they wrote everything down meticulously what was going on here. Yeah. And then by about 1500 BC, it had turned into a very sophisticated system, you see. And, and, and that's when uh, a, a kind of a historical kind of a, a folklore character named the Yellow Emperor decided to uh, have a book written called The Yellow Emperor's Classic of Internal Medicine. And that's when that. all of these herbs that were considered medicinal were documented. But the tonic herbs that we focus on were the herbs those masters were using. And they didn't believe, they believed that fooling around with uh, medicine to try and heal somebody was inferior to preventing it. Their whole mm. thing was about prevention. Uh, they just stayed um, in the yeah. mountains. The masters stayed to themselves up in those mountains, taking their tonic herbs, taking their Osho Wu, their Stragglus, Shisandra, yeah. Goji. Mm -hmm. And, um, but but then this medical system uh, developed a very complicated called TCM or traditional Chinese medicine. Well, the mass uh, the masters of our lineage called the Gate of Life, we didn't follow it. We said yeah, it's cool, it's all right to develop med medicines to help people. Yeah, you know now that you've got all these people piled up in cities, you're going to sure. they're going to get sick. So you may as well you got to have a medical yeah. system. But we're a separate. Not, I don't want to use the word elite, but we're we were maintained the special, you know, integrity of that first. 
yeah. intention, which was which was essentially how can I be climbing that mountain when I'm 110 years old? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 um, and and it, it, it's called the gate of life. Now, what happened was those masters stayed to themselves all through the development when Mousy Tongue modified uh, TCM uh, to modernize it. Those masters stayed in the mountains hidden, and and it's still thought today that there's these immortals up there. Well, what happened was in uh, 1972, when Ron Teagarden was very sick and kind of dying, he didn't know what it was, some kind of de degenerative disease. It seems a classic uh, starter story for everyone kind of is yeah. like, gets there, yeah. start really yeah, sick, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. i got to yeah. figure this out. Sorry, go yeah. on. And he was looking like, you know, in a different way than me at the time, he was he was searching for something to get his, his health back. And somebody yeah. told him to go to Chinatown and get this stuff called Shouwu Chi, which is made yeah. from Ho Wu. <laughs> and he bought it and drank it. And he just, he, he like your, your reishi epiphany yeah. that you had, he had that with Osho Wu. He just went, wow, wow you know, yeah. this, what is this stuff? And he started yeah. searching. So he found this old man very, um, very uh, magically named Master Sun Jin Park, who was a Korean master in the gate of life. Yeah. But Sun Jin Park had come to Canada at that time in Toronto to teach a form of martial arts that he had developed. He, he didn't intend uh, to, to open up the tonic herbs and, and, uh, and, and Ron was his diligent uh, apprentice, uh, washing his clothes, taking care of him for two years. And then one day, and Ron humbly, humbly while, while Master Park was teaching him uh, his, his form of martial arts called Altom. And, and then eventually Master Park looked at Ron after two years of his diligence and he said, okay. I teach him herbs, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and that's when uh, you know he started to teach this yeah. to Ron. Now, many years later, Ron said, "Master Park, why did it take you so long to to open this up and teach me this?" And he said, "And this goes back to what you said in the very for one of your first statements about how people are kind of running wild with this for fun." Yeah. He said, "We masters in, in of the Gate of Life lineage don't do. We believe that if Westerners." heard about this they would just run with the surface value they would never seek <laughs> to understand it in the deeper level and they would corrupt it in a, in a, in the regard you know yeah, yeah. Uh, just by wanting to ca capitalize off of just sure empiric yeah. like their their own uh, you know like surface knowledge of it yeah 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 and and, uh, and and we are seeing this you know and and i you know when ron told me this you know i said i think we are ready i think some of us are ready for this but yes this will happen and yeah. You know, but I look at it like it's okay that you have, um, I won't name names, but you got people coming out with all these kind of reishi cappuccino type drinks and everything. <laughs> right. That's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm guilty of that. You're I'm kind of um, opening the door to pe for people to get conscious of them. You know, we can then come in and say, well, hey, how about, you know, checking this out, this deeper level. And, you know, uh, my yeah. online course is down right now, but those people who get curious could come and learn yeah. the game of life, yeah. you know, for me. And I mean, you got people eating flaming hot Cheetos. Like I think Rishi Cappuccino is like definitely going to awaken some, something in that, you know, it's a step. Yeah. In the right yeah. Direction, there, you know? There's a way to get, yeah. open people up, you know, no one's going to, you know, go to the top of the mountain and like, you know, sit there yeah. for two years right away. I mean, we are, we do live in a society where mm -hmm. like I can go to Seven Eleven and just stuff my face, you know, like, so there <laughs> is that, there is that sense where like, I, but I get what you're saying. It's like, don't stop there. Let that be like a, let that be a conduit, right? Let that, let that yeah. get you yeah. to where yeah. you need to be. Don't yeah. stop there, you know? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. It's always the case. There's always 
levels of of um, quality. And earlier you said you wanted to touch into, you know, do you want to go to that now about like uh, the quality? Yeah. 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 Well, I, sure. I, I do. And I, I want to, um, because it was kind of fun when I had that Rishi experience with your brand, mm -hmm. um, it was so powerful. And I mean, that was such a blessing experience being at that retreat center for the better part of a year. Cause man, man, it was like all the employees, all the staff, we were just digging into this hard and we were reading your early book, uh, healing thresholds, which mm -hmm. I recommend everyone check out. Great book. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, more than a primer on uh, tonic herbs, but um, yeah, and then I would try other reishis, and I kind of understood early, I got the basics down that you know, you a you don't want mycelium and you don't want ground up reishi yeah. powder because you can't digest yeah. it, you want the mm. fruiting body hot water extract or 50 50 extract alcohol, mm -hmm. hot water, whatever. But yeah. even, th even then, I would still, even trying to find the best reishi I could, it was still hard to find that sh that shen feeling that really, you know, mm -hmm. that. And I, mm -hmm. I'm, and even today I'll, I'll still try every, every Rishi that passes my test I can find. And it's pretty, man, there's, it's hard to find like a really good one, you know? So maybe you could talk about <clears throat> yeah, the quality of the herbs. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you just a brief bit about the overall quality that you want to look for, you know, like on a product label, yep. ingredients label. And then I want to uh, briefly go back to, um, you know, what I did to initiate 10 to one extracts into the marketplace. Yeah. Um, prior, well, yeah. So when you look at a label of reishi, you want to look for the fruiting body. I don't and that's that's the, the mushroom, right? That's the actual mushroom that's itself. That's the part right? you see that you know of it with the cap and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the part that is uh, always, uh, Ron T. Garden wrote about in his book. Even Paul Stamets wrote about that in his early books. Uh, mm -hmm. His early book, uh, Growing uh, Medicinal and Culinary Mushrooms, I think it's called. Uh, he, he said that the fruiting body is up to 100 times as potent as the mycelia, because the mycelia is going out and getting all the nutrients and bringing them in, and they uh -huh. are concentrated in that fruiting body. The fruiting body is the sexual apparatus. So all of that gene we talk about is going to be yep. drawn in. So all of this cheese. What's the gene. what's the one sentence gene? Just for people that have never heard the word gene, gene before. Just we'll gene talk about it more the, later. But, gene yeah. means the accumulation, the accumulated and and storage of power for 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 your future use or to pass on epigenetically to your children like it's a like bad effort fort. battery kind of like a battery charge yeah it's it's, it's held in the sexual yeah. for the, the reproductive essences it's held in the kidneys and yeah. it is looked at like the battery yeah the battery you got to keep charge the car if you're going to get in there got to have the battery to charge it up right you're running you're you're recharging it so this is my yeah. is like charging yep. that battery to make this fruiting body, which is the sexual. Now it's all concentrated in there to release its spores into the air to go mm -hmm. create new life. And, um, and so that, that you want to look for the fruiting body. Um, the, my, you will see mycelia in a lot of products. It's not that it's bad. It's just that it's less potent and it's way cheaper. It's yeah. way less expensive. Well, see, yeah. Many times what the way reishi is grown is they put a bag of uh, hay or straw and they've yeah. boiled it to get rid of, uh, you know, things they don't want in there and uh it's moist and they put it in a plastic bag and and, and inoculate it with some mycelia and yep. it starts to mycelia and it just turns into this big white bag it looks like a bag full of snow and then yep. you poke the hole in the fruiting body start coming out and then in the end what many many companies do is they just rip off the plastic and throw that whole thing in a <laughs> big grinder yeah. and it's really what's happening and again you know it is about capitalizing off the best 
you know, off the best mecha- mechanism of making the money for the least cost, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, so what happened with me is, so yeah, you want to look at your label, reishi fruiting body only. I actually don't even believe the reishi spores are all that good because the spore itself is designed to to not you can't digest that. It's a very, very it has an yeah. extremely hard cell wall that's designed to pass through the digestive tracts of living organisms in order to wind up in the feces where it grows a new mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of seeds, you know. Yeah. And so um I don't and, and if we crack the spore to get the ore out, the, the oil out, we're messing with something that's like cracking atoms to me. I just don't believe in it. Right. So anyway. What happened was in 2006, I started Shaman Shack, my old company, Shaman Shack Herbs. And I uh, was for about a year, two years, all I did was was do um, whole herb formulas. I was really uh, a, I was really a stalwart kind of about, you know, militant about just doing it old school. And I go to these festivals and sit there with my herbs in baskets and uh, like the and that's where you, you boil it yourself and de- decoct it. Yes, right? you take home my formula, boil it and drink the tea. Right. Yeah. Um, and I did that for a couple of years. And then uh, eventually someone you know, said, man, you know, can you just you know, make it easier for me? And a couple of <laughs> people didn't say that. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, I'll get into powders if I can find real something really powerful. And I didn't know yet about this stuff. But um, so I'm at a, a, a trade show not long afterward. And this Chinese guy approaches me and he says, uh, look, we have 10 to 1 powdered extracts. And I said, what's that mean? He said, it means 10 pounds of the raw material extracted down to one pound of a, of a powder through a boiling process. Uh, and then in the end, there's none of the physical matter left. It's, it's the pure essence of it boiled down uh, to a powder that dilutes into water and is 10 times as powerful as the initial plant. I said, really? And so I said, I'll come and see it. So I went up there and I said, I want reishi. And, and I went to um, up north to their offices and they brought me a sample of this, you know, and I went, Whoa, <laughs> this is like bitter yeah. and intense. And I said to the guy, well, um, you know, why is this? And he goes, he goes, well, the industry standard is five to one extracts. That means you can put up to 200% maltodextrin or rice bran or something in to mix it in with it. I said, why do they do that? And he said, because it's the price point for, you know, to go to nature's, well, to go to um, some, you know, vitamin herb company and get a bottle of 100 reishi capsules, the price in those days was 20 bucks. And in order to get that price point, you had to put the fillers in there to, to make a profit. And that was the standard. The industry strand was five to one. And I, I said, well, uh, why, why, are you, why are you offering 10 to one? He goes, because I want, we, we can let you tell us, do you want rice bran? You want, uh, you want maltodextrin? You want rice maltodextrin? You want corn maltodextrin? <laughs> and I was like, what about nothing? And he goes, well, you can't make any money selling it that way. I said, I don't care. Just give me, give me three kilos of it the way it is. Right and I took it home and I, and I thought, I'm not even putting this in capsules. I'm just going to put the bulk in a, in a jar and, and, and ask people to, to put, to dilute it in water. Yeah. And I went to a uh, longevity, uh, longevity now conference in 2009 and unveiled this and everybody just went, man. And, and I knew it was just going to be a big thing. Um, and uh, some of my competitors in the herb world, then saw my 10 to one powdered ex- bulk extract and this whole thing took off from there. And yeah. now, you know, I'm very proud to say 10 to one is becoming the industry norm. You know, people yeah. are, are, that's what they're demanding. But again, yeah, you're, you're going uh, and looking at some of these um, cappuccino type products and these things where 
Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's uh, milk, there's dried milks and things mm-hmm. in there. And uh, I we I don't really think they're using. I, I I haven't seen ten to one. If they were, they would be saying that on the products. So you want to see that on the label, ten mm-hmm. to one, fruiting body only. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the standard we're setting, and we're we're gonna you know yeah. get everybody to demand that standard so that so that right. all the providers have to do that for everybody. Yeah, exactly, because most people want the boutique thing. They want the the. Yeah. Um, I mean, even see like you see like yeah. things with like CBD with cannabis, but a lot of people are like, "Well, I want it in a Rice Krispie treat," you know, and it's like, <laughs> "Well, I, you have cancer." Yeah. So we're trying to treat people with cancer, so yeah, yeah. you know, like that's probably not the best yeah. thing to do, you know. But yeah. that's what sells. That's the fun <laughs> thing you can take a picture of and be like wow i'm wacky you know this is so so yeah, crazy exactly. so it, it, it's like when you enter the market right i don't think that's what was happening twenty thousand years ago is they weren't they weren't <laughs> thinking about entering a, a huge market we weren't industrialized yet at that time so it is yeah. interesting to see the two worlds kind of collide totally. absolutely yeah the, the whole gummy thing cracked me up man <laughs> <laughs> those gummies so ubiquitous yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that's 10 to 1 if you want to talk about 10 to 1 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but um yeah. Yeah. I want to, I, a little pivot here. I want to talk about, um, the origin of mushrooms, the actual mushrooms themselves. Oh yeah. <laughs> what kind of yeah, what, what, certain, juicy questions? Oh man. So, well, I know you, what do we call it? Astrobiology? Is that yeah. kind of what we're the path? We're going? Let's, let's uh-huh. dig Did in. Did they come from it. space? I got to get the, like the, the kind of, the, the listener, I want them to perk up a little bit. They, they came from space, right? You know, mushrooms from like, space. Are, yeah. I wrote another yes book no. that isn't published yet, but um, I just got all my books published, but we're going to starting with my latest novel series, but we're going to uh, publish this a book of mine called Threshold of the Fourth Chakra. That is an astrobiological book about um, the macrocosm and where everything came from that we are. Uh, and yeah, in, in researching and writing that book, um, uh, and then I remember Paul Stamets making a kind of a passing comment about them being a, a universal extraterrestrial uh, life form. But he, he didn't stay on that, you know, very long. He just mentioned it in a sentence in one of his books, I think my, in Mycelium Running. Yeah. Actually, he has quite a wonderful comment on it in somewhere in there, uh, but brief. And, uh, and I took it as well, you know. And so I started looking at um, these, I mean, life-changing understandings of, of, of um the fact that everything is universal in, in, in the whole cosmos. And, one, and I've made a few observations in this, and I've never seen anyone else make. But um, you see, the spores of fungi are, are capable of traveling for billions and trillions of miles through space and living pretty much forever out there. And so all of the fungus that exists on Earth those spores did come from outer space and there are still new ones blowing in. There's new kinds of algae that blow in. Wow. There was a strange red algae that blew in, in into Peralta, India about 30 years ago. And, and they thought it was the blood of Mary because it was red. It was raining red. Mm. And these uh, group of biologists went and looked and they said, oh, it's a type of extra extraterrestrial bacteria. It just blew in. It was just out there. But the thing, you know, that fascinates me to, to contemplate is and this is something no one's ever said. If those spores and the and all that kinds of bacteria, there are there are well, there are three life forms that gave life to all all living organisms on Earth that started it is fungi, bacteria, and algae. And all of them survive. Algae come in an ice from outer space, mm-hmm. frozen. Bacteria blow in, man. They're just like hey, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so they when they congealed. Uh, uh, starting 3.5 billion years ago, um, 
and they eventually, you know, started to form these kind of lasagna type things, which created carbon substrate. And that's what let mycelia begin to mycelinate. And right then you have the Cambrian explosion where multicellular organisms go, wow, you know, so mycelia mushrooms are the consciousness part of the extraterrestrial life forms that came here is mushrooms are carrying the consciousness part and algae and bacteria, uh, algae are creating kind of, you would say the substrate and bacteria are creating the mobility and uh and some of the intelligence of like construction and then the fungus is carrying the consciousness but here's the cool thing again going back to what i was going to say in order for these life forms to have come here in their state of evolution they had to have evolved on exactly the same kind of planet as earth there had to have been exactly the same carbon ratios to oxygen to hydrogen because the, okay. so that what that means is that there's a universal template all throughout life. These little things are blowing around and they're they are dusted on every single celestial body. If that celestial body has a sun nearby and a couple of components, a moon, uh, a Jupiter like planet to, to trap the asteroids and things like this, which, you know, and then water, which is our our high criteria. But. Hey, when you're talking how many trillions of stars alone, uh, and, uh, and, and and then these things are dusted all over it, they will, if they have those, if those criteria are there, they will start to coalesce to create life forms exactly like us. And that's what my new, my new novel is getting ready to come out called Children of the Hisian. It's about a parallel planet, mm. but their, their civilization just happens to be about 200 years ahead of us. So it, the boy is channeling to the author of my book saying, it's kind of a warning, you know, and, but it's also an optimistic, uh, you know, uh, story. We're big, we're big on, uh, on books and reading in, in our podcast going forward, especially in 2023. Yeah, we're definitely going to, you know, we're definitely yeah. going to recommend it as soon as it comes oh, out. Oh yeah. It's a, it's and, a book uh, by channel, a series. I've already got the, the secret. Oh, good. And, yeah. Uh, it's highly inspirational about our future plugging yeah. back into nature. The boy becomes a, a herbalist in the book discovers yeah. Racy, of course. Need that. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you find that the fiction, you know, genre is easier to get kind of your ideas across more on than than just straight it up is. just listing a book full of nonfiction stuff? Yeah. You know, I think that what happens is our society, all of our people uh have and many, many people have have kind of burnt out on the whole how-to book scene, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. think of that anymore. 100% like, me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Here is the way you sit when you meditate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Wiki, wiki how, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and um, you got to think positive, right? Well, no, um, I had grown up uh, when I was married to my first wife. She made me read every night. We just stayed home and read, but she would bring me novels, all the great novels from Europe, and I wow. got so just caught up in the beauty of a of a fascinating yeah. story where you want to get in bed and turn on a lamp and curl up and go, ah, "Where was I?" Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're so caught up in it that then then you mm-hmm. then you put the educational material into that totally, and that's a you know you it's a page turner that's fascinating. But you're, you know, and so one one of my re- reviewers said um, it's an educational, uh, you know, uh, educational tool 
cleverly disguised as a novel. <laughs> that's the best kind. That's the best way to do it. It's a, people yeah. attack. It sticks to people's rib way more when there's a character. They can they can draw the picture of the character in their mind. Um, yeah. Whether it's the teacher, whether it's the student, whether it's you know any any of that. Like uh-huh. at least for me speaking, like I when I read nonfiction, it kind of is like well, that was cool. I'll remember a few tidbits from that. But yeah. when that I can remember the full plot, the full story, the arcs of the characters, then I remember certain things they yeah. say. So I, I've, I'm fascinated with that concept yeah, yeah yeah i still love it when you discover a, i love, love it when i discover a good really good novel you know oh yeah it's kind of hard to find these days there's a lot of bad D- yeah i'll say <laughs> I'll, I'll say <laughs> well hopefully you know you know hey you can you can change that you can add to it at least it's something oh, new man. For people it's, come, it's a up. gorgeous thing i'm so proud of it i'm probably most proud of it of anything i've ever done oh so, great yeah, yeah that's, that's i great was to chosen hear. to download this this and i channeled it it was a very powerful experience yeah. i didn't want and to I, get out of it yeah, that's what, yeah, the many are called kind of thing, huh? You know, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I love channeled. There's a lot of channeled works that have, uh, yeah. man, we haven't gotten into that on this, this podcast yet, but, uh, yeah. that have really changed my life. Some of them are, uh, more popular than a lot of them are, you know, like a lot of people have heard about, you know, like Conversations with God is one of them that was yeah. really, yeah. dude, that, that book and that book series is pretty wild. Um, it is. It's funny because my publisher, yeah. when she came in to publish my books, she initially wanted to publish my herb books. Uh-huh. And I said, well, you know, I've got some novels that, I mean, my herb book could get to maybe 10,000, tens of thousands of people maybe, but my novels could get to millions. And she said, oh, so she yeah. questioned me for a while. And um, and then and then I said something that I thought she would go, oh, no, no way. I went, I channeled it. And she went, oh, <laughs> I want to I want to see it. Go. That's a big thing right now. Everybody is into like channeled books you know yeah i was like really i, I didn't know that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's cool and there's something about i mean obviously the skeptic's mind is like oh what's it have where's it from is it real and it's like you know when you're reading something it doesn't matter where it comes yeah. from you know it's you yeah. know in your heart yeah. you know and you know in your soul like even if it doesn't claim to be channeled even if it's just from an author's mind like you know we're big into michael Crichton now especially glenn mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. jurassic park guy who has tons of other fiction works that are amazing and very yeah. prophetic of our time, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it's like he channeled, he was channeling something, you know, even though he for probably sure. wouldn't claim, there's lecture. Know? It's a lecture. Yeah. It, I mean, he has characters that just do yeah. his lectures for him in there, but it's not yeah. in a, it's not shoehorned in there. They're just, they're, yeah. they're, they're a character that you get attached to and you feel like, and, and it's not intimidating. Nonfiction is intimidating. I'll say it that much. It's, it's it, uh, sometimes a lot of nonfiction can be intentionally inaccessible because yeah. you, you open it up and your first page, you're like, what are these things? You yeah. know, but when it's a story, yeah. it's familiar. You meet people halfway. People watch Netflix yeah. all night. People watch streaming services where there's shows and binge and binge. Yeah. That's what you're doing when you're reading fiction, you know? Yeah. So. And wanted, nonfiction, wanted- uh, it also, yeah, it does set up a thing where, you know, I, I'm going to try that. And then you go, man, I can't, I just, I failed. I didn't, yeah. I wanted um, to do it. I wanted to do it, but <laughs> no, totally. it's, yeah, I, I think, I think fiction, I think, I think uh, channeled is the, is the way to go. I think, I think uh-huh. that's, that's, that's the way to go. Um, yeah. Did you want to get to some questions? Yeah. Oh, I want, I, I oh, just want to go ahead. You have more. One thing you, you just briefly mentioned that I wanted to dig in a little more. It seems to be starting to percolate into the human consciousness a little more recently is that the, the mycelium and, and mushroom fungal bodies kicked off what it was at the mesozoic kind of the, 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 the mammals and the, the animals and the, the, that was kind of the brain. Like it was a, yeah the mushrooms turned into animals evolutionarily. And I don't mean that in the, you know, the classic scientific sense, right. you know, it, like you said, mm-hmm. it's the template kind of a sense throughout mm-hmm. the universe. And well, I just find that everything animated that we see with our eyes 
came from fungal bodies, you know, in terms of, of that template. And that's just mind blowing to me. I don't know if you had anything else to add to that. It is. Um, and I commented a bit earlier about it. The three primary life forms throughout the cosmos are fungi, algae, and bacteria. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. It takes all three of those to, yeah. um, they have to coalesce. And mm -hmm. what happens initially is that the, is the algae are the start. So if about uh, the earth, think earth was formed about 4 billion years ago and the algae came in an ice and then oceans were formed and you had sunlight hitting the water and the algae proliferate through mitosis. So this al algae cell splits down the middle and becomes two identical twins. Yeah. It just did this for like over a billion years. <laughs> and uh, it hit a certain threshold where, uh, because algae absorbs carbon dioxide and, so, and, and spits out oxygen as its waste material. And uh, over a billion, almost a billion years, they then created our atmosphere. And once they had done that, uh, the bacteria, which were already all over the place, um, well, what happened was the algae started to wash up on seashores. You know, it still does. Uh, yeah. it, it washes up as a green mass. And then bacteria had something to consume, uh -huh. carbon matter. And the bacteria consuming the carbon matter and these first life forms were called stromatolites. They were these lasagna-like layers of, car of bacteria and, and algae along seashores. Some of it is fossilized, so we've seen it. It's called stromatolites. And the stromatolites uh, formed all over the world. Uh, they formed, started forming the first lasagna-like masses of life. Then when they started to die back, you had what's called the carbon substrate. That is what fungi need to feed on, on carbon. They break down carbon. And so suddenly you had something that those all the spores were already everywhere from the outer from outer space. They suddenly had something to mycelinate into. And that's where you start to see little things like ciliates and uh, spirochetes and things with flagella. Uh, and all of a sudden there's coalescing like the, the cells are starting to coalesce into a little, you know, configuration with a flagella on it, you know. Uh -huh. So it can it can get away or chase something down. It might develop something to grab something, some mm. food, you know. And uh, then what occurred roughly very quickly afterward was was called the Cambrian explosion, approximately four uh, four hundred and fifty million years ago. Not long ago, <laughs> four hundred fifty million years ago. Not too long. Yeah. No. Uh, and uh, and then awesome, multicellular organisms went boom. Now microbiologists still don't know how or why. Lynn Magu Lynn Margulis who her work is now maybe a little bit passe. I don't know because she she did her work in the 1980s, 70s, and 80s. But uh, she left the, the, the fungi out of it. She she created the term symbiosis and said that it was the algae and the fungus that that, that united to create nuclei inside of the algae cell, like the like the the I'm sorry, the um, bacteria, not the fungus. The bacteria penetrated the algae cell. And formed colonies in there that then formed the mitochondria and this in the in the nucleus. Yeah. I really don't believe that could be true because um, they stay in their separate domains. They don't become one with each other. Yeah. You know, bacteria and algae. Thank God. You know, they they're in their own domains and they stay there. One will use another for refuge or whatever or for a function, and the algae become the house and the and the bacteria become the occupants. You know, um, but then somehow. Uh, she left out and other microbiologists at that time, but then now here comes, and she, she was one of the first astrobiologists and, huh. and they're now going, Oh, you know, and it, it's only, I mean, I'm barely reading about the role of fungi in, 
you know, science is afraid to go there about like how how does consciousness occur? They they yeah. because it's um it's a non physical thing. Uh, in fact, yeah. the, the parameters of science is to study the physical matter. That's what science means is the study of physical matter. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they, they kind of can't go. The theoretical physicists go there a bit, but they're in a conundrum. Mycologists could go there, but it, it's definitely uh, fungus is the is the consciousness part that mycelia was doing things intentionally. And yeah. now, as we know, and Paul Stamets said also in his book that I read there that uh and also a, a book called Eating the Sun by a guy named Oliver Morton. I remember reading that about 20 years ago. It really opened me up to a lot of this. Uh, the mycelia of fungi will, will travel under the substrate in a forest, go to a tree. If this tree has attained a tap rooted deeper and gotten minerals and other trees needing them, the tree, the tree itself will kind of give or send some of the minerals down into the root and, and pass it over to the <laughs> Mycelia, which will take it a little Uber over there yeah. to, the, to the tree that needs it. That's, yeah. that's remote consciousness. And that's yeah. more conscious than we are, you know, in a way, how did, how did these, mm -hmm. how did all this know this? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. when we take Reishi, it kind of metaphorically go it bring it. Mycelinates us back in to yeah. all of that phantasmagorica, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we want to get to some questions. You were saying, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was beautiful. I just got, I just want to interject. I mean, because I, I, I stressed this earlier, but I know people are going to listen to this, and you know, we kind of have, you know, not to float our own boat, but when when we make a recommendation on this podcast, people listen, people want to buy stuff, people want to, you know, That's great. and uh, but I know people are going to go out and try and buy Rishi. Just get Romania's Rishi. Get a good or or Ronti Gardens. We'll link it. Get, we'll link yeah. it on the thing. Yeah. If you're yeah. gonna try it, I want people to try the real stuff because they're gonna take it and be like, "What the f were they? These guys talking? I didn't feel anything." Yeah. You know, this cappuccino didn't do a thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I just had to interject that. You know, this isn't like a this isn't a pitch or something. This is something like very near and dear to my heart. You know, that's like I want yeah. people to feel this. You know, um, but yeah, let's do. I'll, I'll kick it off, and then I think you have some, Glenn, too. Um, yeah, some some private ones that people sent me, but yeah. yeah. That's right. Oh. First question, what is an uh -huh. herbalist? Yeah, what's an herbalist? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to spend too much, as much as time as you want on this. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it would simply be a person who uh, dabbles in plants and um, discovers and uses uh, the therapeutic parts of plants. Uh, I mean, the true essence of an herbalism would be to understand the spirit of those plants too, you know? Okay. I love that. Cool. <laughs> All right. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. So I, yeah. I have one, this, I, I think this is a, this is a great question. And mm -hmm. again, if this is too, you know, too broad or just asking for too much, then, then that's fine. But one guy says, I've noticed that there's an epidemic of gut inflammation happening right now that's his uh that's his uh he, he yeah. kicks it off with that he says a lot of people in generation x millennials they have chronic gut issues and they switch to minimal uh kind of bland kind of diets um is it environmental is it industrialization and how do you i mean how do you treat how do you get your stomach feeling better i guess question. yeah it's a cluster f mm -hmm. i'm sorry but oh boy it goes to a lot a lot of stuff um the beneficial bacteria that are in that are in our gums around our teeth, when we brush our teeth with toothpaste, we we brush all that stuff out and flush it down the toilet or the sink. And the bad bacteria that's the you know that's putrefying up in our gums 
goes on down into our okay. digestive tract. Yeah, there's there's so many myriads that we're looking at that, of things that we don't do right. Um, gut bacteria. It, the the initial problem stems from the late uh, 1800s when um, uh, Louis Pasteur declared that we should wage war on gut bacteria yeah. and created the idea of pasteurization. Um, he himself reneged on his deathbed and said he was wrong. And, uh, you know, yeah, that, that part gets glossed over. Yeah. <laughs> I say a lot of my time, a lot of the time to anybody is like, could, could you imagine living in the lap of luxury your whole life where the red carpet is in front of you, but you know, you've done something really 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 bad you know yeah, yeah. in your heart wow i mean how can i don't live with that man but you know yeah uh anyway <laughs> yeah. but uh so he there were there were two doctors during his time there was claude bernard and antoine bichamp and they both thought him they said no and claude bernard was the guy who said it's about the milieu in truriere he's the one who came up with that term and now fortunately we're 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 getting there um, and doctors are recognizing no we got to get along with all the bacteria in the gut yeah. mm -hmm. There's so many ways. Um, I don't know if I want to go into what the, the harms of medicine. I don't think I don't think I want to. I, I don't want to get in their headlights. But yeah. it's a it's a matter of, of making sure that protecting the gut biome. It comes down again, like I said, to what, how, what you're brushing your teeth with, what you're eating. Mm -hmm. uh, if we mess with the okay, the original biome that is in our bodies, in our in our guts, in our uh, uh, intestines comes from our mother's lactobacillus. Now, when, when we are born, we go through the birthing canal and her uh, all of this beneficial bacteria goes into our nostrils, our, our mouth, our, through our, into our eyes, our anuses, uh, and our ears. And this starts to uh, give us the bacteria that we're going to use all our lives. And then after we're born and... Uh, you know, when, when a child is born, they have a, what's called a vernix. It's that milky stuff on the skin. That stuff should be left on there. It's another thing, man. People wash that off. Uh -huh. That's got all this probiotics in it. Um, and uh, and then w w when we're born for the first 10 days or so, the mother is, is making colostrum in the breast. Uh -huh. That is going in and establishing because the baby hasn't yet created acids in the stomach. So the, the, gut, the gut acids have not developed. So that gives that that uh, colostrum a chance to pass through the stomach and get into the duodenum small intestine uh and in the large intestine in order to colonize colonize but then once the child starts to develop gut acids it's going to be very difficult for any kind of probiotic bacteria to go through and to survive mm -hmm. that those acids so that's mm -hmm. why uh today if you're needing to reestablish gut bacteria you want to get what's called an enteric coated capsule so that that is an coating that allows the capsule to bypass the stomach acids and open up in the in the intestine. Yeah, and it, it's possible. Uh, it's very. It's, we really shouldn't be messing with that stuff. And I hope that someday, I mean, the medical system and, and many many doctors themselves rail against using antibiotics and stuff. But I hope someday that we reestablish the importance. Um, and look at all these young people today that, uh, I mean, when the gut bacteria is bad, you're going to be craving sugar because they oh, feed yeah. those, those things, all that yep. yeast and yeah. um, the candida and the yeast infections and UTIs and all this stuff is relative to yeah. it, fun toenail fungus. Yeah. Um, you know, once it's there, it's like you got to go on a kind of a vigil, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> almost, almost do go into a kind of a battle uh, where you got to just do um, your probiotics. Um, uh, my product called Ascend, 
is a, 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 a contains the herbs that the Chinese used for centuries to fend off the bad uh, infection, bad uh, bacteria in the guts. Hmm, interesting. Particularly an herb called Scutellaria bicolensis, which oh, is yeah. what the herb is based on. Scute root is, is short. It's uh-huh. a root of the skullcap plant. And uh, this has been used for centuries in China. Whenever, um, you know, plagues and things came in, they, they use this and uh, very effectively. Uh-huh. Um, and then you would take this to help kind of uh, knock down and make the, make the environment hostile to the growth of more yeast and then, of course, keeping the body alkaline through the drinking green vegetable juices yeah. and uh, and taking probiotics like green vegetable juice with a little bit of apple cider vinegar in there. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and put a green apple in and make it taste good. Sweeten yeah. it up. Sweeten yeah. it up. I love it. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to taste bad. You don't that... have to. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to. You know, suffer. You know. uh, no. Actually, I do it. I always, um, in my green juices, I include certain weeds that I have that I know are edible. Oh, yeah. Like quarters mm-hmm. and mallow and, and mm-hmm. yeah. chickweed. And I want to put you know, just a touch of a uh, of um, apple cider vinegar, but then I put two green apples in there. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. man. tastes great. I, I know exactly. I we do a similar formula here. Now, yeah. I, I just just real fast, uh, t- t- talking about gut health because I mean, a lot of it is about just establishing a baseline to where you're kind of neutralizing craving bad things, and you're you're just you're you're doing well. Um, for you, what's a typical day of of eating when you're when you're just at your best? What what's that like for you? Hmm. What does that entail? I should I say. I, in- I think I eat good. Uh, uh, I, like I said, I and uh, my host where I live here, um, you know, she's a, a woman, an elderly woman, a wonderful, beautiful person, and we get along so well. And so we make juices every day. I run out, I run, and I run in the sun. Nice. And then with a handful of the weeds from this ravine where I get them near here. Wow. And um, I get a small handful of those, and I know they're all, you know, uh, definitely edible weeds. Uh, there is there are apps you can get to show you plants and you can find out what, what plants are parts of edible. Carry that around with you when you see an interesting looking plant. Um, and I come home with a handful of those. We throw it in a blender with yeah. almond milk and some of my spirit gene, one of my products. <laughs> nice. And a little oh. bit of maple syrup. Yeah. Blend that up and pour it through a strainer, maybe a bit of cacao. There we you go. Shake. Yeah. You, know, you can't even taste the weeds of the plants in there. Sometimes we might even drop a yeah. little beet green leaves in there, a little bit of spinach. But once you've filtered that out, you know, it just tastes like chocolate milk still. And that's a lot of tremendous living chi right there from the wild plants yeah, and stuff, you know. It's like all the, that those enzymes and life force and alkalinity yeah. and and mm-hmm. then nutrients that we're not getting from our diet. We gotta yeah. say, how come healthy people who eat well are still getting cancer? It's because yeah. we've limited our foods to too few cultivars. Yeah. Interesting. So if you start finding the stuff that's growing in your backyard, you know, dandelion, everybody knows it's good. Oh, dandelion yeah. It's good, but if you, if you throw a few leaves into that shake I'm talking about, you won't even notice it. That's a huge. Every day, cumulatively, yeah. you know, it's going to have an effect. That's a huge psyop that I think we haven't talked about. Where Are you guys familiar with um, uh, Baker Creek heirloom seeds the heir, or like heirlooms in general, but Baker Creek really uh, – exemplifies this where um i think it's rare uh rareseeds.com is their website but you get their seed catalog and it's like all these cultivars existed 100 years ago and it is Mm -hmm. my the most kaleidoscope of colors and you know and just like in every vegetable every fruit Mm -hmm. and you're like what have they done do it you know you go like supermarkets just like the matrix now you know it's just like everything's in a row doesn't taste like anything it's kind of like a i'm even noticing now that the the produce sections of the big groceries are starting to shrink 
Oh yeah, yeah. And everything, yeah. all the package stuff's growing dramatically. Totally. totally. And you're just covering it, covering so, more more beautiful yeah, things yeah. that you could have had in your backyard in plastic. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's just yeah. that's not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then um I feel like this. Here's my philosophy. Uh, I don't eat meat. Um I I do eat a very, very little, like about a month ago, I had a little bit of pork. <laughs> it's like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But um I understand having written the book Raw Chi, which you can get on, on Amazon, it's called mm-hmm. Raw Chi. Uh, this book discusses uh, the poten- potential anemia with vegans and vegetarians, particularly women who bleed in menstrual years. Yeah. Uh, so those women would feel a need to eat meat, not for the protein, but for the iron, for the human yeah, sure, sure. iron, blood. Mm-hmm. But there are herbs that help us build blood. In fact, I'm coming out with a new formula called Rakta. It's, that means that's Sanskrit for blood. And it's for ve- vegans and vegetarians to help avoid anemia. I'm so, so excited about this. Right on. But the, so, so you've got that issue. Um, and so in, in a funny way, you know, I think that the USDA food pyramid is actually kind of like accurate, you know, I mean, I think the people who created it actually do know things and they have, they have meat as 20% of your diet. I'm like, that's not going to hurt anybody, especially if you're getting real yeah. good free range uh, things mm-hmm. and that wouldn't hurt the environment too bad, you know, yeah. the 20% of your diet. Um, so, um, I think everything in moderation and you know, some of the healthy, healthier people I've known have done everything in moderation. Sure. Yeah. And when you're doing that and you're doing something like that, getting those special nutrients from weeds and other superfoods in your diet, like taking stuff like Shilajit, which we could do a whole talk on. Yeah. Um, then at that point, you can go out and have yourself a, a glass of wine and a piece of cake. Yeah. Sure. Chocolate cake. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. You know? I have the you same philosophy. Yourself, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, I mean, God, listeners. I wouldn't show. do it all the time. You yeah, know, yeah. Don't do okay. it every night. <laughs> but glass That's, of wine a night, no, no, I don't think too much of a problem. You look for good yeah. wine, like like right. relation, you look for good wine. Yeah, yeah. So and they, yeah. Well, you I just wanted to... craving. You find yourself craving that less yeah, when I mean, you feel better, right? Like, like yeah. so many people lean, and I'm not talking about people that have an obvious addiction problem or something, but like people might crave that end of the day glass of wine because that's yeah. the best part of their day because they just don't feel good. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, like, and then you, but because yeah. then you might get to that point, where you're like, eh, I haven't had that in a while. That sounds kind of good. Let me have that. That's a way different mentality. And when I'm going yeah, well, yeah. that's how I am. When I'm not going well, I'm uh-huh. running to go get some of that. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know you're walking through the grocery and you see the dark chocolate chocolate covered uh, almonds. You're like, okay, yeah, Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've eaten the whole <laughs> Trader Joe's, yeah, yeah. It's a glass yeah. of wine. You've eaten th- a third of the of the canister. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. I, I um, love that you. That what you're... Well, that's going to hurt anybody. Uh, yeah, you're, if you're choosing some sort of healthy sweets and things, you know, not doing it excessively every night. But even Ron, Ron Tea Garden you know, said that right? means your gut bacteria is bad. If you're craving sweets all the time, it exactly. Means your gut out of, out of yeah, I, I like what you, yeah, I love that. I love that you in particular, out, out of the herbalists I've listened to, uh, sh- show ways of success on different types of diets and say, hey, if you're vegan, watch out for this. Take this herb mm-hmm. to stimulate she. You know, have you ever? I, I wanted to ask you. I don't think I've asked you. Have you ever read the book? Uh, Chronicles of Dao by Denming Dao, the kind of the the biography of one of the last living Taoist masters in China. Have you? I, I know I, I it's, cr- it's it's cool because it's like you know back when the government in China changed in the early mm-hmm. 1900s and they they kicked all the people off Huashan Mountain, right? And kind of uh, everyone kind of went into exile. And this guy came to America, you know, and he's like he's like 90 years old. He looks like he's 60 years old because he's been yeah. living, living on a mountaintop. And right. he has, all, he has, there's a couple dietary 
like recommendations in there. It's funny because they they're not they're vegetarian on the mountaintop, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they 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 but they say if you try and be vegetarian without the tonic herbs to balance, you're insane. Like I think they literally say you're insane, you know. And I and that stuck with me. I'm like these guys knew what they were doing. And then mm -hmm. there's another moment where like the one of the younger I say younger, he was probably like 50, right? Versus the grandmaster, who was like 110. And he's like, no, go ahead, eat, you know, eat meat, eat pork, you know, go ahead. When mm -hmm. you get to my level, maybe we can give that stuff up, you know, like slowly mm -hmm. over the course of decades, kind of, mm -hmm. kind of uh, let that stuff go. But they were big on the herbs for balancing. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, actually uh, oftentimes speak in terms of the opposite scenario. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't think tonic herbs are going to uh, do you all the world without a healthy right. diet too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when yeah. you put the two together, I don't know. I feel like I'm. I could. I just feel like we're sitting on, you know the opportunity for humans to experience incredibly abundant health True. by, um, you know, getting the alkaline green vegetables, dark green leafy vegetables, raw juiced you know, right into the bloodstream, no energy digesting it, eat yeah. a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, you know, everything. Uh, and then taking tonic herbs, the tonic herbs go to places that the food really can. And I could explain some of that if you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. I want to hear that. Okay. Uh, so you see, our food, why are, foods, why are food and herbs classified differently? They're, they are in two different classes. It's because of the nutri nutrients. So with food, you're looking for, almost all of our foods, our plant foods, are based on what we call annual cultivars. So you've got a, a seed that's been cultivated to be sweet and tasty and succulent. Over who, way back when we don't know who did it even in prehistory. Uh, you plant that in the ground. Um, and then it grows up and it's got this sweet and succulent tuber or flower or leaves and you, you pull it out of the ground and you, you, or you pick it or you cut it off or your, the fruit is it, at a time when it's ripe before it starts to go to starch when it's still sugars become fully rich and, uh, um, and then you, you take it and we eat it. Now we can salivate that our teeth are made to just, you know, chew on things like fruits and stuff. And, uh, we, we can salivate and masticate that pulp of that down and digest it so that those nutrients are easily absorbed. And from there we get enzymes, right? Which we call chi, life force, the sun, the sun in, is in the plant. Um, and we're, we're getting that we're, we're gathering chi, right? We're gathering chi with our nutritive chi. And that's easy to digest and assimilate those. And that becomes our daily. So there's carbohydrates in that stuff and oftentimes simple carbohydrates and kind of dicarbohydrates, uh, you know, simple ones so that they're very easily digested and turned into this, what we're using right now, energy we call chi. Okay. Well, um, the herbs are different in a different class because here's why an herb is a perennial plant. So it's going to live year after year after year. And uh, many of the herbs that we see that are potent come from little stubby little plants that are, that are old, but they're little. That's because they're all of their energy is concentrated into a small space. What happens with this plant is when it first it first propagates, it has the genetics to survive the coming winter. And so as the winter is coming, the little, the little sprout goes, oh, I need to harden my uh, cellular structure. So this is what's called lignin comes in, which causes to create bar, like the, the structure of wood. And now the plant's phytochemistry is trapped inside the wood. And uh, that continues for the rest of its life. And then as this plant experiences hot and dry and cold and wet, and various extremes, 
it starts to develop. It has the genetics or else it, it evolves and has the chemistry to build up what we call adaptogens in, in there. So various complex nutrients start to, to evolve that are referred to as adaptogenic. That's because the plant has to adapt to the wild, to its extremes. And so um, we then take that and we can't just eat it because it's locked in that lignin cellulose like wood. And that's what somebody figured out. And when I began the beginning of this discussion tonight about how, you know, I'd like to go back to the time when someone figured out how to make tea. Because what they did is they looked at the stomach and they said, it looks like a pot of tea. And the spleen and the pancreas and everything are like the burners on the stovetop. So what if we just took this and, and then they probably, you know, some doctor way back, some Hisian, you know, master like was looking at feces and found that the bark of the person ate was still in there. And he goes, well, why don't we try then and put it in this pre-stomach and pre-hydrolyze it, uh-huh. you know, by boiling it. And uh, and we unlock whatever it is that we want out of the cellulose and we drink the essence. It goes right into the bloodstream. Yeah. And they figured this out. And so the modern uh, and many raw foodists say to me, do you really have to cook the herbs? And, and, and this is part of the answer to them, too. When when we boil these herbs, the very components I referred to called uh, adaptogens are often also what we refer to as extremophilic. They can survive the heat. They're this, they, they, the extremophilic components of the plants are those components that, gen, that uh, historically or genetically go back to those algae and all those ex- they were extremophiles, those things that could survive burning, coming in on a burning meteorite and in a frozen piece of ice and slamming into the earth and living through that. They're called extremophiles. Uh, the extremophilic components of the plant survive the boiling. And these are complex polysaccharides, polyphenols, things with very long. Go, go look at the ingredients in aloe vera. You, you'd freak out over something and think of some crazy chemical. It's like, you know, it's like 10 different syllables. Yeah. Um, because it's complex, it's complex. And that's what we're looking for from the herb. We unlock it. We take this and there's so two classes of nutrients. Our immediate energy needs are met. And then the deeper adaptive properties are taken in through the the herb. Yeah. Wow. That's great. So we can harness, we we can, uh, benefit from plants own adaptive, uh, tendencies basically in the wild. Well, that what what happened when now everybody's looking for adaptogens and, um, and this is a really great story too, because in 1940s, the Russians were uh, government was um, had a dilemma because their soldiers were freezing on the battlefield in, in uh, Siberia. And so they, they said to a doctor named Lazarov, another his his cohort, Bre- uh, Breckman, and they said, hey, uh, can you go up there? Because there's people who live up there and they get to seem to get along. And our soldiers are freezing. How do those people live? Go see what they do. So these doctors went and studied these people up in Siberia and they said, oh, we take the, the golden root, they said. So they took this plant back to Moscow and broke it down. And it turned out it was rhodiola rosea, uh, uh, a form of rhodiola, which the rhodiola plants grow around the uh, very northernmost latitude of the earth up in the our Arctic regions. And um, so they're found all around there, Alaska, Canada. But rhodiola rosea was unique there. And uh, then they tried it on people and they realized that it helped it helped people adapt to stress. And they said, well, it's because. You know, this plant, if, if you look at go, folks watching this, go look at a, a ro- picture of a rhodiola plant. And you'll see it's grow, oftentimes growing in like a tundra-like place with nothing, with rocks, you know, tumbled rocks. And this, this Christmas tree looking thing is coming out of it. How yeah. the heck did it do that? That's its adaptogens and its extremophilic potential. 
And so that's how probably how those ancient people found it. They said that plant must have power. That's how I know how the Chinese found certain tonic herbs because of their invasiveness and their, they could keep coming back and back. And, yeah. uh, and so then uh, Lazarov coined the term adaptogen based on rhodiola roseanne. He was, he was concurrently studying um, Siberian ginseng at the same time. Yeah. Now, the, ever since then, the, 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 uh, the quest is on to find adaptogens because it uh, happens to come at a time for us in society when stress is getting out of control. We're under so much stress. We're under constant stress. Totally. On sale, the endocrinologist who coined the term stress, he said, uh, vertebrate organisms cannot uh, endure constant stress. We're designed to do a stress episode and then, ha ha, you know, <laughs> we'll have that wine and that piece of cake. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. Laugh it off, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, you know, but we, we're not doing that. You know, we're under this constant stress, which, which really runs down our kidney, our adrenal, and that yeah. earlier term we talked about, totally. gene. Yeah. It leaks out your gene and you start to age, you start to yeah. get senile and, and, and lose your vitality. So the leaking of our all of this and, and, and poor quality food without any adaptogenic properties in it, no weeds, no nothing like that. These cultivars that are heavily, you know, heavily, heavily cultivated. So just bundles of water that look good and taste good. And all of that, again, like like um, you all were saying, is, is contributing to the lack of health of the society. But yeah. um, the adaptogenic herbs have, are now uh, the big thing everybody's searching for. And, and when I walk down the street in New York City, I just want to go, you, and, and I have this formula <laughs> called uh, Awaken. And it's all, it's all the top adaptogens. And I just walk along going, you need Awaken, you need Awaken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, you're crazy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Well, no, I think it's, I don't do that. I don't do that. I think it's, I think it's good to know. And I, I just, to, cause when people, people are always in search of one thing to just toss away. Right. They're always mm-hmm. looking to like, why do I feel this way? Oh, that one thing, uh, seed oils, uh, yeah. meat, anything. And they want to toss it away and keep going, but they don't really, you're, you're trying to build like an ecosystem for yourself and, and mm-hmm. it, you can't just take one part out yeah. of it and um yeah. i think that and like because we had I, I had a million other questions of these guys saying how do i fight aging but you kind of answered that you know right first mm-hmm. off i i say just age personally that's that's what i look at it feel age better worry about it. keep your mind sharp and worry about how you feel uh, the wrinkles wrinkles are cool man like just get yeah. It, man. Your hair, <laughs> yeah i got a gray i got a couple of gray hairs i don't care like it's just whatever like, it's just, i mean it is what it is it's like uh, there are there are ways to age with grace and and one beauty yeah. beautiful uh, facet of aging when you're healthy and you're super healthy is that um younger people really recognize you and really appreciate you totally like, wow there's an old yeah. person who's actually vibrant you know and yeah and hip and cool and wants to go do things you know yeah, they're running they're like running or just like you know on a, on a big mountain yeah. bike just tearing off the hill and you're like man that old yeah. guy is killing it man like, like yeah it's, <laughs> it's a sight to be seen well sadly because we don't see that we see all our guys like yeah. you know a lot of our elderly like kind of tossed away in homes and just like eating so like prison, eating prison food you know and just watching tv and and thinking mm-hmm. that you're just relegated to that but it's like uh, you know sometimes you are some people some people have unfortunate things happen to them but yeah. you know, I feel yeah. like it doesn't have to be that way. I was yeah. thinking the very same thing, man. Um, you know, oftentimes I think, um, see, I was very blessed to have an amazing grandfather. You know, mm-hmm. he was like half cool. native, uh, half Iroquois Indian and um, cool. just this, uh, he was funny and he was robust. And I just loved to get in his lap and tell me some crazy tall tale, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what 
kid today, I mean, has a grandfather who they want to crawl in his cat lap and have him tell yeah. him a wild tale. No, everyone is uh, is deteriorating. Yeah. And this is affecting young people's ability to look up at our elders. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. So you got a, yeah. you got another uh, uh, question from? Uh, uh, let's people. see. Well, I. Th- I, I know you kind of kind of answered a few of them already. That was yeah, fantastic. Funny. That was yeah, man. That was a like, couple of them out. Yeah, and I got to say, from my personal experience, um, tonic herbs, especially as part of a system like you promote and Rishi, along with all the other stuff, you know, just the basics, the probiotics will really help. To I mean, it's cumulative, yeah. you know. Uh, but there was a question. Yeah, so same kind of thing. Parasites. That's kind of the same thing. We talked about that. Someone that wanted to know about parasites. Uh, which we kind of covered and uh, which I consider that's like very similar to the uh, bad bacteria kind of thing. But they also talk about heavy metal detox. And then they asked uh, anything they'd recommend. And I love this because I'm all about this for uh, dreams and remembering or having more dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, let me, let me just go to heavy metal detox for a sec. Sure. Um, yeah, please. Um, okay. So um, I created with Shaman Chakra formula called C clear. And uh, even though I, I don't, have any access to that company anymore and i don't see any profit from it i still would say for the sake of humanity uh, if you want if you're interested in this product you know go get it it's um, a powerful i've tried it it's pretty powerful yeah, idea, yeah. Uh, what's what's in that well yeah. um in the in when when the chernobyl power plant meltdown happened in 1985 i was actually in china at the time it happened wow. and um <clears throat> so the russian authorities were confronted with you know 1.5 million people with radiation poisoning and uh, they went back and looked at some research that the Japanese had done after after uh, Fukushima, and I mean uh, after uh, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the, the atom bomb explosions. Yeah. And there were some people apparently who lived in those cities who who were you know this hospital or worked there and did not get as as uh, much radiation poisoning. Maybe they still got some. I don't know. And so they went, uh, the health authorities looked and said that this, this hospital was uh, giving people miso and um, mm. seaweed, kelp, laminaria japonica kelp, the brown kelp. They were giving people miso and kelp. Uh, and, uh, and because the kelp has a, a nutrient that chelates metals out of the body. And, that, and so modern times, uh, the, uh, the Russian authorities figured out how to, uh, they found that it was uh, concentrated in the stem of the seaweed of the kelp and they created a, these two powders called modiflan and fucoid and they put them out in the marketplace for removing metals and since since then those 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 powders those products never really took off but uh that was what came out of that and then i was uh during during the iraq war i was really thinking about the, the veterans and everything and, and, I, mm-hmm. and i thought i'm gonna create something i had this epiphany just to take um m- you know miso and kelp and put them together and 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 the find a way to create a fermented product where the kelp's in there ferment. Because you see, the thing is you got to ferment the kelp to make it really bioavailable. Otherwise the kelp goes right through you, but the kelp does have nutrients to chelate metals and and prevent their reabsorptions. That's why it's important to eat it. But if you ferment the kelp, you open that up more to chelate metals and radiation and remove them from the body. So that was what they they were fermenting this kelp and then drying it and calling this fucoidin and modiflan. Well, I created this product which is raw like that. You know? Yeah. And I, I've, now I'm getting ready to come out with a powdered version of that product, which oh, is cool. very effective. Yeah. Right on. Um, and so th- you can take and and I'll say for the world, you know, uh, take a uh, kelp, uh, the brown laminaria japonica kelp seaweed, put it in a jar with a bunch of apple cider vinegar 
and soak it for a few months and then put that on your salads when you're eating. Whoa. And um, interesting, it, it, it breaks into the seaweed or else blend it all into kind of a puree and put that on your salad, make a salad dressing out of it. People used to make salad dressings out of my sea clear. Yeah. That's cool. And, yeah. uh, and this is a great way to get the metals and radiation out of the body, which is definitely something we are all very concerned about. And who knows when the next power plant meltdown could happen tomorrow, you know? Oh, easily. I mean, you know, just, yeah. just, emf yeah. like emf exposure just all these things that, that we go through i don't know if it treats that but you know you what you, you it's good to to have that in your mind that it's like look and, and there, look what's the you know there's not if i did a commercial for seaweed i wouldn't i definitely wouldn't spend the last 30 seconds listing all the bad side effects of seaweed because what's the bad <laughs> side effect of seaweed there isn't one right there's no, no bleeding from your eyes yeah. bleeding you yeah. know doing all this stuff like yeah. that you see it's people run and take, yeah, yeah yeah right yeah you might maybe a little thirsty you know but like yeah, there, yeah. there's you yeah. you don't people rush to t- to find these supplements that are gant or supplements pharmaceuticals i know we didn't really want to get down that path but people rush to take these things that I mean, it's a gamble, man. I'm not going to lie. Like some of this, it is a straight up gamble. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and, and so many some of these things. Yeah. So many people say, yeah, that didn't really work. I liked it. I liked the sound of it. And it didn't really work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and what's the, what's the worst thing is you ate some seaweed and it was good for you. Maybe it didn't yeah. do the ultimate thing that maybe you didn't say, but but hey, what you ate some seaweed. That at the end of the day, that's what that's what happened. <laughs> well, seaweed's important too because it has iodine in it. Sure. Oh, that's right. another thing about oh, another thing about fermenting it is it it, it releases and uh, the body's ability to digest the seaweed to get the iodine for the thyroid. Oh uh, yeah, so yeah, very nice. Thyroidism is a lot of it's due to us not getting enough iodine in our diet. Yeah, the seaweed also helps with that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely system. Yeah, that's great. Well, so, your your other question was how can someone dream? Oh, of- that's right. Yeah, the yeah, dream. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Please. I know the so, Taoists have a lot to say about this. Too. <laughs> uh, well, I, I actually yeah. have an, a product on my site, which is supertonicherbs.com. It's called Dream, <laughs> and <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, it's about it's about um, helping you assist you into a sleep, and then assisting a peaceful uh, sleep that would. I'm I'm hearing promotes dreams, good benevolent dreams. Right testimonials about that. It has yeah. it's primarily a reishi formula with polygala, which is called the will strengthener, with a little bit of valerian to help calm, some pearl in there to calm and ground the nerves, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know uh, and, uh, other herbs known in Chinese in TCM to help just calm the spirit. Um, and then yeah. and then I put a bit of uh, L-theanine in there, so to oh, you know, yeah. melatonin. And this is a nice formula. Yeah. Um, if you want to really promote beautiful dreams, I'd say mix it, combine that with my formula called Shift, which is all this, the great shin herbs for the spirit. Reishi, uh, albizia flower, spirit poria, uh, uh, asparagus root. Asparagus root's the herb the Taoist monks say can make them fly. Yeah, nice. Don't, yeah. don't take asparagus root and go try and fly, okay? Please. Yeah, no. <laughs> start from the ground. Don't yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't go from a ledge. You know, I, I mean, start having dreams you're flying. When, yeah, when yeah, I there you go. Yeah. yeah. Over when a period I, of time, I started dreaming I was flying. And each night I was going to say, I was, yeah, I was, that's very common, right? People that take uh, yeah. high quality asparagus, asparagus root dream that they're flying. And like in a, in a cool way, in like a fun yeah. way, you know, yeah, it's like, well, a, yeah. Yeah. Well, for yeah. this questioner, um, dreams can become, come into kind of a sequence. Um, they'll mm-hmm. oftentimes, whenever you're doing something that's liberating yourself and your spirit, 
you will have a dream that it usually starts out with like you could sort of is as if you're riding a skateboard, like sitting kneeling and you don't have to walk and you're like gliding mm-hmm. down the street and things. And then suddenly you're the next night you're dreaming you're up at the ceiling at a party and you're going, it's really e-, and you're telling everybody it's really easy. Come on. This is totally yeah. easy. I never realized how easy this is, you know. Yeah. And that's when you know you're going through a, a spiritual uh, uh, purging of heavy energies, too, whenever when you're having those dreams. It's beautiful. Uh, cool. Yeah. I, I had uh, I I mean I don't think we have much more from from our people right so I, like we don't have it. Um, we got a few, but I, I want you to go ahead. Yeah, what do you? Yeah, what do you are you ever worried about? Uh, and I don't, I don't think you are, but but the, the when you when you tend to sell something that's considered like alternative or something, the 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 smear that people can do on you is call you a grifter. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Snake oil mm-hmm. salesman. I mean, everyone has the terms. Like, do you do you get that at all? And if so, how do you handle it? Well, you know, honestly, like your your question is kind of interesting because um, I haven't yet in my in my experience. Some some people may think I'm a person of noteworthy and fame sure. or whatever, but mm-hmm. I'm actually not. I, I've actually, uh, due to various circumstances, I've kind of just been in the background a little bit, nice. and in a way, it's kind of saved me. I I don't know if I'd want to be like a david wolf sort of guy where they, yeah he gets pot shots all the time you know yeah, yeah. yeah like dr uh, like Merkula will do he's like yeah. New York times just hit piece yeah. like every day you're like yeah. man that's gotta yeah. be stressful <laughs> but yeah. um yeah. i did my when my book raw chi came out um someone gave me a bad review and it was not a verified purchase so they didn't buy the book and i know they didn't read it because of the things <laughs> they said the worst part uh, yeah. uh and they were saying i was a shyster and all this you know but yeah. uh it's it's really um in the end I don't believe it's my dharma in this life to be a, a very a public uh, soapbox guy on TV and everything. My dharma is very one-on-one. My dharma is one-on-one with you and nice. everyone who's watching this. You yeah. can call me. I am not busy. I will take you. I'm happy to take your call right then. I don't care. If <laughs> That's I'm not crazy. I want. I want. I want to talk to you. And and uh, and my dharma is one-on-one. Yeah. You know? And uh, nice. and then when it, you know when it gets to that way. Uh, you're always going to have somebody who doesn't like you, but I, I think sure. I'm lucky, you know, in that way. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear. Cause like, yeah, that can really wear on some people. Like when that does happen, like when you are pushed yeah. into that public eye and I, and you hate to see that because then you end up having to double fight the stress that you try to get out of your yeah, body yeah. half the time. Like it's half of that is induced by the product that you're trying, you know, it's, yeah. it's, I see people go through that and it's just, it's just brutal. So, yeah. uh, and, and not, I, and not to be a broken record, but I really feel the Rishi, like you're taking that all the time. I feel that that kind of immuni- mm. immunizes your, sure yourself from a lot of the bs in this world i need so, i need to start taking that it's, yeah. Um, yeah they it's were right stuff. when the the master said it initiates benevolence yeah now, benevolence goes both ways you're mm-hmm. giving it you're receiving it yeah. and you know this maybe might come to the culmination if you if you wish of this of this interview because um ron teagarden told me the most important thing in my life when I, he first met me he said you're not only going to be an herbalist or a healer you must be the light Whoa. And that is an obligation, you know, uh, we must be the light for others of inspiration. And it begins with ourselves. You know, we have to radiate the reishi, I believe is the key in a sense, along with a healthy diet, sunlight, exercise, good water, sleep. Um, when, when our auric field is brighter, that's called shin, right? When our auric field is brighter, all energy and all life is attracted to the light. Even the most lowly groveling organisms want are attracted to the light where they could possibly experience upliftment, upliftment out of whatever they're in. And, uh, and so we be that we're at, we are that beacon. We're the light for others, you know, 
And that's yeah. our obligation as healers. You know, earlier you said, what is an herbalist? You know, an herbalist must be the light. <laughs> yeah, man. I think that's, I think that's a perfect way to <laughs> close it out. Honestly, I, I, yeah. I don't even want to go after that, but um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I have to say, I have to thank you for coming on. My, my co-host yeah. here has been, has been just like, I, it's tough when you don't, I had never talked to you. So it's like somebody yeah, yeah. can tell you all these things, you know, secondhand, Hey, this guy's great. This guy's great. This guy's great. Uh, you've exceeded all those expectations. I love the, <laughs> I will say the Southern twang. I, it helps. It helps. I don't know. How, I don't know why there's yeah. no, I don't know the science behind it, but like, it's just, it helps. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, you don't, you have this kind of, you know, I, I think like California people have the same thing where it's just, we just sound a little more down to earth, you know, cause California yeah. in the South, yeah. like it's kind of a, yeah. uh, of a thing, you know, you get like the East coast guys and they're just in your face. And you're like, Whoa, yeah. you know? So yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, that's yeah. great. Well, it was, it was a pleasure to meet you and please, uh, just for the end of this, uh, let everybody know, you know, where to find your products and things like that. Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Um, um, my my company is um, uh, supertonicherbs.com. Supertonic Herbs. And um, if you put in my name, you, you find it that way too. Uh, Facebook, Romani Dean Thomas. I don't have a Supertonic Herbs yet Facebook page yet. We just donned ourselves that name recently. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that, cool. that sounds great. We'll definitely put all the links in that in the description. So if you're just getting finished listening to that, go ahead and click those yeah. links, check that stuff out. And um, we're looking forward. And what's the book coming out soon? I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it's that. It's called Children of the Hisian. Okay. H-S-I-E-N, yeah. which is that word that means immortals. It's that ancient Chinese word. Immortals. Sweet. Sweet. Um, I, uh, here's the thing. I would love it for everybody to get in touch and, and get in touch with me and give me your email. I want to put it on a list. And I'm uh, within a few weeks, we hope we're going to send out a pre-release of it for people to read and they can offer to write a review for when we do officially release it in exchange. We, we send you a free book sign. We'll do that for sure. Yeah. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. I cover yeah. works to fiction as part of our like premium stuff on here. So I'd, I'd probably read it and just talk about it as well. So yeah. just, just uh, a thing. It's right it up my alley. It's a book for us, for you. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right up my alley too. So that, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, well, Romani Dean Thomas, thank you so much once again. Thank you. Thank got one, just Thanks one thing. Can you please come back on in the future? Because I already yeah. got episodes two and three ideas in my head. Yeah, you got to come back on. So another hour about. and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we have. Wait, this is just one on one. This was one on one. Yeah, uh, we're 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 getting yeah. we're gonna get back into it. Well, uh, everybody have a safe week. Okay. Uh, see you guys yeah. later. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate right. it.